This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. The title of my message is, Are You a River or Are You a Puddle? And I know, and oh, and by the way, before I go any further, I know you guys, some of you might not recognize me. I see a lot of new faces. They're not new. They're on the worship team. But I'm Lawrence Mata. I'm actually security director of High Desert Word Center, so you probably see me back there, you know, looking angry and mean, but everybody who knows me, this is just a facade, okay? Just a facade. I may look kind of like a jerk and mean, but I swear, I'm like the nicest guy. Right, Desiree? Okay, Desiree, don't listen to Desiree. Right, Dylan? Thank you, okay. So, river or a puddle? First, what's the difference between a puddle and a river? You probably could all like be like, okay, well, obviously a river flows and a puddle just sits there, right? And you'd be exactly right. But let's look at it from a point of view, like what would you rather drink? Would you rather drink from a puddle or would you rather be drinking from a river? And I'm going to answer for you. You want to drink from a river. That's right. So before we go any further, we're going to pray and we're going to knock this one out. Okay, Father God, we just thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. We just thank you, Father God, that we just have an awesome church of Hyders of Word Center to worship and praise in, to hear the word. We thank you, Father God, for just for our pastors. We just pray for having safe travels home. We just know that they're going to be getting filled up down in uh, San Diego. And we know that Pastor Dave's knocking one out of the park across the uh, across the way with the teenagers. And we just ask you, Holy Spirit, you take over. This is your service, not mine. These are not my words. This is yours. Whatever needs to be said. You say it. And we just thank you and give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. So, like I said, I'm director of security. All right? So, that doesn't mean I have, like, I'm not, I didn't go to college for this. All I do is I sit under pastor's anointing and I sit under Pastor Dave. And i kind of been doing this for a while. So, you know, you kind of pick it up along the way. But I always preach from a point of view that either I've been through it or I'm going through it. So I'll never talk about anything that I don't have like some kind of experience with. So with that said, river or a puddle. So I use the illustration of a river and puddle because these represent our spiritual lives. Sometimes we're stagnant like a puddle. A puddle just sits there. You know, when rain comes, you just see a puddle there. There's a noticeable physical difference between a puddle and a river. Puddle, it just does nothing unless you stomp in it like one of my kids. River is flowing. You know, you could do throw some mud up river and then a few minutes later, it's gone. It's nice and clear. It's all been washed away. But the thing is, the river has action to it. And us as Christians don't always take action. And I'm going to get this Bible cover out of the way because it's just bothering me. But, like I said, a flowing river has fresh water. It's more pleasing to drink. You know, you, you, if you're out in the wilderness or you're a camper, you're going to be like, hey, I'm going to go towards this flowing river rather than this stagnant puddle. So, in other words... We are growing in our spiritual lives. Are we growing in our spiritual lives or just standing still? Ask yourself that. Sometimes when you're in a puddle, it means that you're at a spiritual standstill. 
What causes this in our spiritual lives? Thousands of things can cause that. Thousands of things can cause being stagnant in your spiritual life. But I picked out two. Lack of action and lack of trust. Now, with my, if you know my son Eli, when he was first born, you know, he had, he had a lot of medical issues. He was in intensive care for, for two weeks, and then he got out of the hospital, and then he had to go right back in. And then just recently, back in May, he had another hospital stay. Now, when he was first born and in intensive care, I actually got the call because Leah was recovering from a C-section in Barstow, and I'm up in Loma Melinda with Eli. And then I get the call at my hotel room that Eli actually stopped breathing. So they're doing all their, you know, hooking up the tubes and everything. That blew me away. Don't get me wrong. But fast forward to last May, I don't know why, but that just knocked me off of my feet. It knocked me off of my feet. It was, I wouldn't say a simple issue. We knew what it was. The doctor said, okay, he will eventually get over it. But it just knocked me down because just being in that situation again, being in a hospital with Eli, hooked up to tubes, hooked up to IVs, hearing the beeps and the sounds of a hospital, seeing him in obvious pain, it just knocked me off of my spiritual feet. It like I was just like, you know, I, I, I can't take this. I can't handle it right now. Now, sometimes when we don't trust the Lord, we don't have any strength. Like our physic, when you're physically tired, sometimes that like, that will affect you spiritually. And that's what it did. You know, when you're in the hospital with a baby, it just, it gets you. You're not, you're not in your comfort zone. Like in, in my house, of those of you who have been there, I have a little corner of the couch that I, I sit in, I kick my feet up on the coffee table, and that's like my spot to watch, you know, watch the Lakers, watch the Broncos, you know, whatever. That's my spot. That's where I'm comfortable at. Not in a hospital room where you're kind of cramped in there and, you know, like I said, seeing my son attached to IVs and tubes and monitors, it, it's, it's enough to knock you down. And that, for some reason, it just knocked me down. And I really felt like, as the spiritual leader of my family, I had to be stronger than that. But at the time, I wasn't. I, I, was, I wasn't telling my wife, you know, because you have to be that rock for your spouse or for your, you know for your whatever, and I had to like be like, oh, you know, he's going to be fine, Eli's going to be great, but inside, I'm like, I'm so ticked off. I'm like, really? Am I really going through this again? Am I really going through the the, the check-ins at the hospital and scanning my wristband and and having to deal with uh, signing papers and, and being explained what kind of medications is being given? It knocked me down. You know, I didn't feel like I was soaring. I didn't feel like I was, uh, I didn't feel like I was flying. I felt like I was just falling down and I was at a standstill. I was at a spiritual standstill. But God's word started getting me through it. And it was tough because at the same time, my mom was going through some stuff. Or actually, my mom already passed away. So like, that all kinds of like, you know, just hit me. It'll, you know, hospitals just have a way of triggering something, you know, just like a dentist office 
it's so hard because you smell that whatever it is, that, that sanitizing smell. It just gets to me. I hate the dentist. You know, you want to scare me, throw a rat in my face, or threaten to take me to the dentist. But it reminded me of Isaiah 40, 31. And that's where we're going to go right now. Woo! And while you turn to Isaiah 40, 31, and I'm reading out of the NLT, I'm going to drink some water. Now, this is going to knock you into your socks right away when you hear this first line. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I really felt stupid after about a day of being in the hospital with Eli. I was, I had to like tell myself, you've been through this already. You've been through the worst part. You've been through having the hospital call you up and say, your son stopped breathing. I've already been through the worst of it. You know, he may have been in the hospital for two weeks, but a lot of times when I give that testimony of Eli being in the hospital, I always tell people when they're like, well, I prayed about it, but it hasn't happened yet. I prayed about it and it hasn't happened yet. I prayed about a job and I haven't got it yet. I prayed about, you know, my car getting fixed and it hasn't happened yet. I prayed about my my uh, brother getting off of drugs, but it hasn't happened yet. Well, I was praying from the moment they told me they're taking Eli to the Loba Linda. He's only going to be here at night. He's only going to be here overnight. And each day I prayed the same prayer or made the same confession. We're coming out today. Today's the day. We're going home. Today's the day. We're going home. Fast forward 14 days later, we finally went home. That would be enough to kind of like, you know, God, I'm praying. I've been, I, I know your word. I lean on it. I live in it. I meditate on it. Why is nothing happening? But I didn't do that. I just like, you know what? Hey, today's going home. Today's going home. Today's going home. And finally, they're like, Today, he's going home. So I had to like reach back to that 2016 energy that I had the first time around. And I had to start being like, you, you trust, you, you know God has got this. You're just tired. You're just letting the devil mess with your head. When you're down, you know, you just pick yourself right back up. You've been through this before. You're stronger than this. You're pre- I've been preparing for this each and every Sunday, each and every Wednesday, each and every Saturday. Anytime I open up God's word, anytime I, I'm listening to worship music in the car, each time I'm praying for my kids, I'm preparing for this. So sometimes when we're doing the opposite, when we're not trusting, there it sucks away your your uh, your your action. You suck away, you do get away from your trust in God, and then you're just standing still, and you're just like, well, you know, I prayed yesterday. You know how like sometimes uh, people will treat tithing. They're like, okay, well, you know, I gave God my 10% this week and I'm still broke. Well, you, you, you gave your 10% one week and then you just decided you wanted instantaneous, you know, action. It don't work that way. Consistency is what God wants out of us because it has to be a habitual thing. I always stress at work, you know, safety is a culture. Safety is, 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 renewing your mindset of like, okay, you know, at home, I'll probably just throw this off my roof. You know, I'm doing cooler pads or something and and I'll just, I'll get on the roof with flip-flops and who cares. 
But that's not how you should do it. You know, you should be safety-minded. And that's what I tell people at work. You have to be safety-minded. You have to be a culture. And the same thing with God's word. You have to, like, create a culture of, like, okay, I'm giving my 10%, and I'm trusting in God, and it's all in his hands. And, like, I could go on and on and on about the financial blessings that I've had in my family, the, about my about my job. When everybody's flipping out about layoffs and stuff like that, I'm like, God's got my back. And, like, I shared with somebody from from this church I was like, you know, only in one place in the Bible where God says you're, you're allowed to, to test him. And that's in the book of Malachi. And one time when I was threatened with a layoff, I wasn't being smug or, or whatever with God, but I just simply said in my prayer, you don't want a lower tithe. So you're not, you know, you're going to find some way, whether it's this job or you're going to move me to a better job. Either which way, God, you don't want to lower tithe, I don't want to lose my job. So there, I'm putting you to the test. But I trusted in God. I trust God with everything. I trust God with my teenage girls. I trust God with my preteen son. I trust God with my three-year-old when sometimes, you know, trying to kick him out of the bed just seems like, you know, a never-ending battle. But I trust in God that he's going to sleep through the night. And guess what he did last night? He slept through the night in his own bed. Well, let me rephrase that. He slept in his own bedroom. He's, he moved to his brother's bed, but that was a big step. He stayed out of my bed. But you notice sometimes the absence of action will sometimes cause this uh, spiritual stagnity. I don't know if that's a word, but we're making a word today. Absence of action, because we're not like trusting, we're not actually walking to the altar and putting our tithe in that bucket. Because a lot of people will be like, oh, who cares? I'll just put a dollar in and I'll just drop it in the bucket. But put the action of like, you know, having faith, put it in the envelope, write down even if it's a dollar. Who cares? That's your dollar that you're giving to God. And then you walk up to the bucket and don't just blindly drop it in, say a prayer over it. Put some foundation, put some action to your life. So that way, it may be just a dollar right now, but pretty soon maybe you're going to have 99 of his little friends join. So you'll be given $100. And I had to do that with God. I have to, like, trust in everything. I had to put action to my words. You know, I had to put action with Eli. Whether it was hospital stays or sleeping in his own bed. Because I pray with my kids. As much as I would like to, you know, just imagine, like, you know, everything's going to click. I go to church three times a week. Uh, you know, I'm a good guy. I, I don't do anything wrong. So, you know, God's just going to automatically bless me. And it don't work that way. I wish it did. Because sometimes I'm a very procrastinating guy. But let's not treat our spiritual lives like this. We have to reach a certain point when, you know, sometimes we reach a certain point when uh, we're just going through the motions. Like sometimes you'll show up to church and you won't have one of these in your hand. And it's not condemnation or anything because I felt the same way. I felt like I'm here. Isn't that enough? I'm going to, it's like the, the parable of the sower. You know, I always feel like sometimes when we're just showing up to church, you're just, you're like the ground and you're just hoping that the, you know, that the, the seed will stick to you. You know, like Pastor Dave or pastors over here and they're just throwing seeds and just bouncing off of Desiree's head. But 
she has like, she has this and she's catching it now and she's reading it and she's watering it and it grows. Because you're taking action. You're not just showing up to church. You're taking notes. You know, that's why pastor always gives out handouts with just like, you know, why, why am I just filling in the blank for the? It's to keep you going and keeping you paying attention and to keep you making notes so that you, you maybe you've heard John 10, 10 a billion times, but then you'll hear it from a different perspective. Like I said, you gotta put the God's word into action. And that's the main thing. So, can we expect to grow if we're standing still? No, you can't. Let's go to Psalms 1 1. Psalms 1 1. It's always funny when I get to this part of the service. I always like, man, I still got 20 minutes to go. How am I going to fill up that time? And then when it gets to like 7:59, I'm like, man, I have so much more to say. So Psalms 1 1. All the joys who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Now. There's action. There's another action word. And verbs for all you English majors or nerds out there. Action. Meditate. Meditate doesn't just mean you stand there and you know. It means to actually talk out. If you're going to read the verse, read it out loud. Put some action to it. Meditate on the law of the Lord. How often are we thinking deeply about God's word? Because he can read, you know, probably the most recognizable verse ever, John 3.16. And you could be like, oh, well, you know, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And, and you're just like, I, I memorized it, but you think about it, you're like, dang, you know. Because those of you who have kids will really understand, you're like, man, he only had one son, and he gave it up for us. You know, he gave it up for me. He knew about me long, long time ago. And he's like, okay, doing it for Lawrence. I'm doing it for him. He's going to sway. He's going to fall off the track. I already know he is, but he's going to come back. And I'm giving up my son for him. You know, I always notice when I slack in my spiritual life, like reading the Bible or praying, I feel like when I was a teenager with my first car. And who doesn't like a first car story? You know, my first car was a 1980 Datsun. And those of you who not, I, I had a Humpty, guys, okay? I had a Humpty. I, I thought it was all cool because, like, I had, like, yellow car paint, and I, like, I, I thought I was doing, like, cool decals at the back. I put my last name there. I bought, like, those spinner hubcaps, you know? I, I went and I put an exhaust on my 1980 Datsun. You know, I love that car. I put like, you know, 12 inch speakers in there. You know, I was bumping in my dots and I love that thing, you know. But we all know great power comes great responsibility. I was a teenager. I had my own car. But darn it, cars need gas. So I would, I would, I'm not even lying to you. I 
searched my couches. I would collect cans and bottles. I would be like, hey, you need a ride? All right, $2 in gas. I'll take it wherever you want to go. You know, my grandma would always, like, you know, talk me in to go buy her cigarettes. You know, she she's like, oh, don't tell your mom, mijo. Don't tell your mom. Go buy me cigarettes and, you know, keep the change. That's what I always, I was always waiting for that part. I knew she was going to say it, but I'd keep the change. So, but the results was my car getting filled with gas. Maybe it was like in little dollar increments, 50 cents. I, I think I actually put 50 cents one time in my car. But, and everybody who knows, all your mechanics or all, all the men out there know, you know, just doing that to your car is not good. But, hey, I'm a, I was a teenager. I had my own car. What did I know? But what I'm getting at is, is that we sometimes do very little to grow as a Christian. We do very little to fill our faith tanks when it drops. When we're getting close to empty, we're like, oh, you know what? I mean, I did go to Sunday morning service. It's probably the same message Sunday night. You know, I, gosh, I want to read the Bible today, but you know, I'm in such a hurry. You know, I'm just going to read the verse of the day, and I'm good to go. Let me clock in my streaks on uh, the Bible app, and I'm already at three. I'm good to go. I don't need to read the Bible today. The bulk of our word intake is coming from, you know, it, it could be, you know, we're, we're treating the bulk of our word intake as a service. When you come to church, well, like, you know, well, hey, you know, I don't need to read the Bible today. You know, pastor read it to me. He read five verses to me today. I'm good to go. Yeah. But if, if you're not trying to do anything for yourself to improve, if you're not moving forward, you're standing still. And that's like the whole summarization of that first point I just read. It was a very long point. But if you're not moving forward, you're standing still. And that applies to almost everything in life, but it applies to the most important thing is your spiritual life. Now, we were hitting on English. Now we're going to hit on science. An object in motion stays in motion. Right? And for you science people, don't, don't give it away just yet. Let's go to 2 Peter 3, and we're going to start at verse 17. 2 Peter 3. Verse 17. Who's having fun tonight? Woo, all right. So, Second Peter 3, verse 17 and 18. You already know these things, dear friends, so be on guard. Then you won't be carried away by the errors of these wicked people or, and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, Peter is telling us right there, not only should we grow, not only should we grow, but we must grow. It's not a matter of like, yeah, you know, it'd be a good idea for you to put gas in your car. But you really have to put gas in your car because it's not going to run any other way. And so it's not that you should read God's word. You really must read God's word because it's like, Everything you need to know is in here. When you're feeling anxious about something, when you're feeling depressed about something, when you're feeling lonely, when you're feeling heartbroken, when you're feeling um, joyous, when you're feeling happy, you're like, I don't even know what to do with myself. You know what? Praise God. 
Read your word. It'll get you through all these situations. It'll get you through anxiety about worrying about your job or feeling sad because you've, you've lost somebody or whatever. It's all in here. Remember those read, those listen to your books by tape, and then when you had to change the page, you heard a little ding. There's a little ding. Okay, so not all of us stayed awake in science class, but let me break off some knowledge for you guys, okay? So, an object at rest will remain at rest unless acted on by an unbalanced force. An object in motion continues in motion with the same speed and in the same direction unless acted upon by an unbalanced force. Does anybody know what this law is called? I know somebody's, you know, it's okay. Somebody on this DV, uh, on this podcast is going to be like, I know what that is. It's the law of inertia. And that person who's saying this right now, two weeks from now, is you're absolutely right. Because I noticed one thing in my 11 years plus of walking with Jesus. When I soak myself in God's word and pray at every free moment, whether I'm driving, whether I'm rolling into the Walmart parking lot, whether I'm standing in line at Walmart, whether I'm, you know, in the line at my favorite place, Popeye's, you know, if I'm at work, if I'm walking across, you know, the yard, whatever, I'm praying. You know, but that's not always true. You know, it's not always true that things are good when you're following that that plan. It's not always true that things are going to be great when you're reading your word and you're going to church and you're praying every time you get a chance. Because you know what? I'm going to have like a bubble burster for anybody who thinks that once you're a Christian, life is grand. It's sometimes more poo-poo comes at you. I wanted to say C word, the C-R-A-P, but pastor don't like that. So sorry, pastor, if you read this or listen to this. You know, trial still hit me. Eli still had to receive his healing. I wasn't like plucked out of a group, be like, okay, well, you know what? Lawrence, you're a Christian, so you, so Eli's good to go. Go ahead and go home. No. I was a Christian. I was still a Christian in 2000, November of 2016, but yet Eli still had to go to the intensive care unit for two weeks. He still had to go back to the hospital a month later. He still had to go to the hospital last May. Me being a Christian had nothing to do with it. It didn't somehow block things. It put a bigger target on my back. It's like a neon sign saying for the devil, be like, get this one right here. He's not with you anymore. Go after him. Get him back. Because I was a great sinner. I was a great liar. I was a great deceiver. I was a great, as you know, the world calls it, the BSer. All that. You know, I always said, like, you know, um, I was talking to one of my coworkers, and they're they're trying to go for another job, and I was, they're like, hey, you got any advice? I'm like, do I? I'm the greatest interview giver. Because I, I get shy sometimes. And when you're an introvert and you're kind of shy, sometimes when you're thrusted upon a crowd, you kind of like, you have to let it go. You know, I was the type of guy when I was in college, I didn't take speech in the class. I took speech online. 
And believe it or not, yeah, they have speech online. So that was like right down my alley. And I got an A in that class too. But like I said, target is bigger and brighter for the enemy to fire at. The difference is when I stay moving and I stay growing and I stay learning, I'm a harder person to defeat because I got more weapons now. I'm like, Eli's in the hospital? He ain't staying here. Eli's running a fever? It's not going to stay. The layoff threatens at work? It's not going to be me. And I pray through it. You know, and what's so great is a lot of times now, my awesome teenage girls, they remind me of that stuff. You know, they remind me of like, you know, Dad, just pray about it. Yeah, you're right. Dad, just, you know, you know I, was in, I was getting irritated at lovely Walmart, you know. Farmer, I'm sorry, but I know you love Walmart, but those lines, they just get you. You know, like always when you're in a hurry, it just feels like the, the brain waves are going off. Be like, okay, slow Lawrence down now because he's in a hurry. And I'm like, oh, my God. I go, I go what is wrong with this line? Dad, just said, just, just speak, that's their words, because I keep talking about make a positive confession for your profession. You know, talk about the thing that's it's good, like it already happened. Have that faith. Be like, you know what, hey, everything's going to be okay, but you're trusting in God. I'm like, Dad, just, just be positive about it. Oh, yeah, you're right. My sweet little angels who are fighting over uh, video games, you know, an hour before are giving me life lessons in, in the line at Walmart. But like, and I also have an ability now to turn my trials into treasures. To where I'm able now to, you know, look at my mom's picture and instead of getting all teary-eyed over it, I think, man, you know what? My mom taught me a lot. You know, my mom got me through some really rough times when I was, you know, coming down off of pills and my wife kicked me out of the house and I'm sitting on the floor at my mom's house. She was like, come here, come into my room. I'm going to share a Bible verse with you. And she shared with me James 4, 7. You know, those are the things. So God can't, or the devil can't mess with me now because when he throws that thought of my mom, which is like the biggest thing for me now, instead of me getting all torn, I'm like, you know what? Dang it, I miss my mom. You know, or, you know, especially around holidays, it's the worst. Or, you know, sometimes holidays are bad because I come from a, a Mexican family. may not look like it. I'm sorry. I was with the line of pigmentation. I didn't, didn't hit me. But, like, I'm thinking, like, oh, man, how did my mom make that red chili sauce again? I can't call her now. But I'm thinking, you know, thinking like my mom. She just threw things together till it tasted like, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to just throw stuff in my, in my cabinet. That's what my mom would do. You know, even a little short story. My mom always liked to experiment with food like I did. And uh, one Thanksgiving, I went to her house and I was, I get grossed out really easily. Like if I see something visually that grosses me out, like I just won't eat. I'll lose my appetite instantly. That's why like to this day, mayonnaise and corn, elotes, nope. Never. You're not going to convince me. I don't care how much money. That is the grossest thing known to man. 
and I come from a Mexican background. Thank you. But in her stuffing, I thought there were worms. And I just stopped, and I dropped my fork, and I was like, what the heck are you doing? What's going on here? Like, I think of, of, of movies when, before I was Christian, you know, that weren't very good to watch about worm-infested food crawling across the counter. I'm like, oh, God. She was like, oh, I put Top Ramen in there. I'm like, Top Ramen? What the heck? We, yeah, like, what the? Next year, Mom, I got the stuffing. I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Hey, come over to my house. Better yet, just come into my house. I don't want you to lift a finger. And in my head, I just don't want you to cook. I don't want you to experiment on the most, you know, gluttonous day of the year, Thanksgiving. I just want my usual staples. I don't want any top ramen in my stuffing. But see, those are the things I think about now. So there's a trial of my mom passing away, of seeing her, you know, die in her house. I used to have that vision for like the first year. Now it's like I think of stories like that. Or if, you know, God bless Facebook, because every morning they like to throw those memories out at you. And I don't even know, maybe like a month ago or something like that, a picture popped up of... Eli, in the intensive care unit, with the tubes down his throat, IVs and every little, you know, his hand, his feet, monitors everywhere. But he had just the brightest look. He was just happy. He had his eyes said it all. And I'm like, gosh, look how cute he was back then. And before, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, those times sucked. You know, I'm living out of a motel room, having to make our daily trek of being in a hospital all day long. Now it's like, oh, look how cute he looked. So when I feel like backing off and start going through the motions again, and I feel hopeless, when trials hit, I don't panic now. And that's the main thing. Like, you know, that's like, I try and tell my kids, you know, like when they're feeling like, oh, everybody hates me and this is going on. I'm like, hey, just chill. Let's all breathe. Everything's going to be okay. Let's not panic. Let's go to James 1.23, as we're winding it down here. Exactly what I said happened, or would happen, did happen, where I thought I wasn't going to have enough time to fill up everything, and then now I'm looking at the clock, and I'm like, oh, wait, I got a lot more to say. So we're going to put a, we're going to speed it up just a little bit for time. For when, I, For if you listen to the word... And don't obey. It's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. Now I know what you're thinking. How can someone with an awesome looking beard forget what they look like, right? Right. Yeah, you guys are whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Well, this is why we go to church. You hear an awesome word and then go home and Sometimes, this is like a scenario, sometimes we'll go to church, we'll hear an awesome word, and then we'll go home, and then we'll fight over who ate the last of the crunch berries. Because I'm telling you, man, it's so irritating when your mind is like saying, full of crunch berries, and then your awesome 11-year-old son ate them, or put them in a little Ziploc baggie for school, and they're it's like, oh, here they are, Dad, they're in my backpack, and they're all crushed. How can you get mad at that? But it's like, Leave my cereal alone. But if, if I let things like that get to me, 
then like the whole morning's wasted. Then the devil won because I got ticked off over someone eating cereal because I heard an awesome word. And instead of, you know, it's hard enough to, to hear God's word anyway when I'm sitting back there and I'm listening to the radio and I'm looking at newcomers and I'm watching the foot traffic of people coming in and out. But I still have my Bible open and I'm still taking notes. So it's kind of hard. You have all these distractions to begin with. So it's it would be easy for the, for the devil to snatch away that word that I just learned. And it'd be easy to be like, oh, okay, I didn't get him with the with the nine people going to the bathroom, and I didn't get him with the the chatter in the lobby, and I didn't get him with all the talk going on in the radio, and I didn't get him for the guy that looks a little, you know, suspicious in the front row. I'm talking about Pastor Dave, but he didn't get me with all that. So I was like, oh, okay, now I know what gets that fat boy. He's gonna get ticked off over fruit or uh, crunch berries. And I'm like, okay, whatever. All right, hope you enjoyed your crunch berries, whatever. Because I have to practice what I'm being preached. You know, we all heard practice what you preach, but I have to practice what I'm being preached. We have to be in constant growth and always in motion. Now, for the sake of time, I'm just going to shoot the verses out at you. So if you want to Write them down and go over them later. But in order to grow and to keep our river flowing, we need these three things. Now, you need a lot more, but like I said, pulling out three. Because we need these things like, like our bodies need these things. So, in order to grow, we need to eat, right? Now, sometimes, you know, like if you're me and Jesse and you're hitting a buffet, you know, like we, we grow the wrong direction. But we still grow, right, brother? We have fun. There you go. But what are we going to eat? What are we eating? What are we eating spiritually? God's word. And that point goes along with John fifteen five. Another thing we need in order to grow, we need to breathe. Now, one of the things I, 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 I associated with breathing is prayer. You know, how many times are we praying? You know, Dr. Barclay always says, you know, I don't, you know, uh, gosh, now my mind just went blank. He basically says, you know, uh, I don't pray more than 15 minutes, but I never go 15 minutes without praying. So it doesn't mean you got to have this marathon prayer. It doesn't mean you got to be like, oh, man, I, I got to drive from here to Fort Irwin. That's a 45-mile uh, trip. And so, I, gosh, how am I going to fill up 45 minutes full of prayer? God's not expecting that out of you. He just wants you to have like an open communication. And those of us who are married, that's all our spouse wants, like open communication. You know, believe me, I'm the, I'm the king of holding in my emotions and having this, the blank face and like not knowing if I'm mad or happy or sad. Like nobody knows, especially when I have like my big old soup strainer coming up my, my mouth. So you can't really tell what I'm doing. If I'm smiling or whatever. But, Always be constant in prayer. Be constant about it. And that's Jeremiah 33, 3. Also to grow, we need regular exercise. Now this one, physically, I don't hit so often. Okay? Big guy, I don't hit the exercise too much. But hey, I exercise spiritually. To me, that means come to service. Come to church. Because those of who 
do exercise, whether on the podcast or listening right now in the church, you know it's, it has to be a constant thing. It has to be a habitual thing. You can't take too much time off in between because I, I see that with Leah. Leah is a big old health nut. Leah is freaking, I'm going to go take, I, I went for a hike with her. Let me just tell you a quick little story. I agreed to go with a hike with her. And usually when she goes, she knows. I'm just, that's just not my thing. I'm like, you know, have fun, babe. Go do your thing. She has her, her ankle weights, her arm weights, you know, her backpack. She's good to go. She has a knife and teaser flashlight. She's good to go. So she's like, hey, do you want to go on Monday? I'm like, yeah, I'll go. And I think I blew her away because she was like, really? You're going to go? And I'm like, yeah, I'll go. We went. And it's not like me. I'd, I'd probably stop after the first hill because we, we hiked. Um, what direction are we in? That way, behind the drive-in. We went four miles out that way. And we're not just going flat area, you know, which I'm thinking in my head, oh, okay, we're just going to have a nice little stroll. We're going to hold hands. We're going to talk about how great life is. We don't have a three-year-old attached to us or teenagers bugging us or a little boy asking to play Fortnite. You know, we're just going to have clear and just talk and look in each other's eyes. No, that didn't happen. I'm like, you know, I'm huffing and I'm puffing and we're going. I'm like, how, wait, how far did we go? I think we've been about a mile. I'm like, really? Just a mile? Yes. Yeah, long story short, we went four miles out and I, it's probably going to be a while before I go with her again. But she always tells me that when she takes breaks in between, whether to a, you know, she's receiving a healing or whatever, it's hard to get back in it. It's hard to get back in it. So you have to be regular about it. You know, if there's a service going on, I take advantage of it. Even if, you know, even if you say like, oh, it's, you know, you'd like to hear pastor samples. Oh, it's pastor Dave. Uh, well, you know what? I'll just go to evening service because I know he's going to preach then or the flip flop. You know, like, oh, pastor, you know, I wanted to hear pastor Dave. Oh, I'll just skip this one. Or, oh, it's Lawrence is preaching tonight. Uh, eh, well. What, what does that guy know? I'll just, I'll stay home tonight. I think there's a water polo or something's going on. But you have to. You come all the time. I would, believe me, I, I would love, and I, and I always feel bad because Rylan asks me all the time. I work on Saturday, so he's like, Dad, are we going to the men's meeting? I'm like, um, I'm not going to go because I can because I got to work, but you know, I'm glad you're going, and I really wish I could go. But I, you just, it will make such a change in your life. And I'm not just promoting because, like, you know, someone's going to be like, you know, well, why is he talking? You know, like, I, I, I came to church tonight. That should be cool. But there's a lot more than just sitting there and, and having the, the seed thrown at your forehead and hoping it sticks. It's like you're getting fellowship and you're getting to praise God. Because how many times are you going to raise your hands in the air when you're at home listening to worship music? Probably not. Because probably when you're listening to worship music, you're like Leah and she's, you know, doing the laundry and trying to write an essay for school and then trying to potty train Eli at the same time. Sometimes you're not always kneeling at the altar. So that's why it's good to come to church. That's why it's good to to come and just hear. And then maybe you are having that day where you forgot your Bible and you forgot your notebook. You know what? Then just come to have some seed thrown at your forehead. Okay? Because you'll feel better. You, you'll feel better no matter what coming to this I guarantee you, I, I, I'm a diehard Laker fan. If the Lakers were at Game 7 right now, the NBA Finals, I would still be at church. If I liked any of the two teams 
that just played in the Super Bowl. Okay, I'll, I'll just be, I'll be honest with you guys. I did skip evening service when the Broncos were in the last Super Bowl, okay? But come on, how often are the Broncos in the Super Bowl, okay? All right, thank you. And they won though, by the way. They won, Jesse. They won. But that I associate with Hebrews 10, 24. And I do believe that was uh, one of our theme verses for one of the years. I'm not sure. If you figure that out, come back to me and I'll give you a prize. But these things are important. You've got, you got to like keep moving. That's like the point of this whole message. Always be constantly learning. Always constantly be praying. You know, it's not silly to pray for a parking spot at Walmart. You know, every time, like especially when we, the, the, the worst mall to find a parking spot is Victoria Gardens. And every time we go there, I'm like, all right, guys, pray it up. You know, here we are with our giant minivan. We're cruising through the aisles, and I have all of my kids praying. And me and Leah, we're like, we're going to find a spot each and every time. No more than, like, maybe, I don't know, ten spaces away, which is great for Victoria Gardens. Because usually you fall into that trap of, like, you know, up and down the aisle, and people are scared. Oh, there's one over there. It's not silly to pray, you know, you know, like, uh, let there be no traffic. Another little thing before I close. I prayed. I was getting speeding ticket after speeding ticket after speeding ticket. And one glorious day, I got a speeding ticket by the CHP, and I got a CHP by the MPs. And any of you who've been on a military installation know that the MPs don't mess around. They're not going to take you like, oh, I'm sorry, officer. I was just speeding. I just wasn't even thinking. Like, yeah. Oh, you weren't thinking? All right, good. There you go. See you in court. And I was praying. I was like, holy, I can't afford all these tickets. And I prayed. Get, I mean, the JAG actually let me go because of this. I'm not joking with you. Military, they can't grow beards. You're in the Army, you can't grow a beard. So I kid you not, I was talking to this JAG for five minutes about my beard. You know, it's like, hey, you know, it's like, what do you put in that? You know, do you brush it? You know, what kind of oils do you do? Oh, man, I want to grow a beard like that when I get out. And then like, oh, yeah, we're here for your speeding ticket, for you being uh, dumb and, and flying through a, a, a school zone at 25 miles an hour. He's like, okay, well, you know what? Hey, I see here you took a, a traffic school for this class, for this ticket. Ah, case dismissed. You're good to go. And I prayed, and that day, I kid you not, I prayed that day. I said, please, Lord, just show me favor. Help me with these, you know, speed traps that go on. And I've never gotten a ticket since then. Never. And I've gotten pulled over quite a few times, but I've never gotten a ticket since then. And my streak was almost ruined just before Christmas. I was driving my van pulled to work, and an MP caught me going 15 over the speed limit, Spun around and it was bringing all kinds of memories. And I was like, I, I, he goes, where do you work? And I was told him what shop I worked at. And I was like, I go, is there any way to like show some Christmas mercy and just let me go? He's like, Merry Christmas. So my streak was alive. So avoid being a puddle. 
All you're going to get is splashed on and go stagnant. Instead, be an ever-changing river of water, renewing itself all the time with constant movement and constant growth. All right? There we go. Boom! We made it, guys. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.